0: Welcome back to the Women of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to chat all things Marvel and more. It's Judy. It's Anna. I feel like because we are talking Marvel's 80th anniversary in the 1990s, we should be wearing like like our ponytails like on the top of our heads, like sideways, and like fanny packs. Right? Okay. Yeah. Let's I'm just make thinking that 90s. I'm thinking fabulous. Is that fabulous? Question I don't know. I you mean, know, the 90s are back in fashion. Full stop. They, let's be honest. Yeah, and I've been trying to run away from them ever since. I've been running away from the 90s fashion since the 90s. I think stonewashed jeans are back. Anyways, we are joined today by Lorraine Sink to talk all about 1990s, including Jubilee Rogue and Squirrel Girl. Thank you, ladies. It's me, Lorraine Sink, here to talk more about Marvel history. We are celebrating Marvel's 80th anniversary all year long. And this month, we are talking about the 1990s. We've celebrated a different decade each month for this whole dang year, and we'll keep on doing it. For as many decades as we have left in known history. Each month, I enjoy delving into three different characters that spoke to me about the decades. So today, I'm going to be talking about Jubilee, Rogue, and Squirrel Girl, all of which are technically mutants, even though we don't really see Squirrel Girl on so many X-Men teams. But the X-Men were very important to the 1990s. And so we'll get into that. Let's go. So first off, I'm going to cheat and say Jubilee because Jubilee was actually created in 1989. She was late in the year, so it's totally fine that I'm cheating a little bit by just a few months. She was first introduced in Uncanny X-Men number 244 by Chris Claremont and Mark Silvestri, and this is one of my all-time favorite 90s style X-Men comics. It's really coming out of the 80s, and the 80s if you think about it in real life was this time of like power suits and a lot of sort of carefreeness attitude like a lot of totally awesome totally radical uh, big business, lots of drugs, Wall Street, like that was sort of in the zeitgeist of the 1980s and coming out of that, we're going into the 1990s and I think this is a cool place to start. So the issue itself is titled Ladies Night, and this is all putting the ex-women at the very front of the story. All of the ladies are like, we are stressed out, y'all. And especially Rogue. Rogue was going through this interesting time where she was tied into the same psyche as Carol Danvers. Essentially, she sucked up a bunch of her powers, and with it got some of her consciousness, and she's blacking out, and Carol's taking over in the driver's seat of her body sometimes, and it's weird. It's 90s weird So anyways, all the ladies are like, this is stressful. Let's go shopping. So Dazzler, Storm, Psylocke, and Rogue all go shopping. They teleport through to go to Hollywood, California, where they are kicking it and just enjoying a good old-fashioned mall. They are trying on clothes for each other. And these outfits are ridiculous. They are Stellar. You should go read this comic book right now, just to see them. And then, obviously, you do it. You would do it any mall. You go to see the Chippendales. This is what their day involves. But in the meantime, there is this new mutant that appears at the mall, and she is just hanging out there. And her name is Jubilee. She's showing off a fireworks display. And we actually see this origin story built out a little bit later in comics. But essentially, she was the child of two Chinese immigrants. When they passed, she was put into the adoption system. She runs away and learns that she can hang out at the mall and basically live there as a runaway. So she dupes mall security who has something out for mutants and they say, you know what, this is too big for us. We're going to call this essentially like paid security group called the M Squad, which goes and captures those mutants that are just giving you trouble. So in short, the X-Men women, they're hanging out at the mall. They catch Jubilee just as the M Squad has found Jubilee and they're trying to capture her in a very not humane and a very not cool way. The X-Ladies intervene Jubilee escapes and the police come for the M squad and put them under arrest where they belong. What a bunch of jerks. But Jubilee is such a wonderful character and I love the way she's introduced because she is a quintessential 80s teen and she follows that into the 90s in the X-Men group. She's one of the first kind of new mutants that we've seen in this time period, in this wave of heroes that's coming through. She follows the ladies through the portal back to Australia and she's hiding essentially in their ex home without them realizing it, using her skills that she learned at the mall. And eventually she helps out Wolverine and he brings her into the fold and they have sort of a beautiful father-daughter dynamic. But Jubilee is one of those characters who has just grown so much through time. She has become a leader within the group. She, after not wanting to be adopted and not wanting to be put into a governmental system, ended up being an adoptive mother herself and also a vampire because you never know what twists and turns comic books can take but I do love Jubilee as a perfect setup to what the 1990s were for Marvel next up I'm going to talk just a little about Rogue this is a big old cheat because Rogue technically was created in the early 80s but I just think the 90s for Rogue were such an interesting time because it was so perfect for the time period of what happened with her so just to give an idea you know if the 1980s were totally radical with everybody skateboarding and partying and doing hardcore business on Wall Street, the 90s were dealing with the fallout of all of that frivolity, maybe. So we saw a lot of celebrities in real life talking about dealing with addiction. We saw the AIDS crisis We saw the brewings of war in the Middle East and America's involvement in that. And all of that started to pull into the zeitgeist of what comics are because the world always affects what the storylines are that we're reading. So something I think is interesting about Rogue is she went from, I mean, she's never had an incredibly happy existence. It's always been pretty complicated for her. But especially in the 90s, we see a lot of weirder stuff for her stories. So as I mentioned in her story with Jubilee, she has this interaction with Carol Danvers where she ends up pulling in some of Carol's psyche into her body. And she's literally having a war inside of herself and she feels so torn up and miserable because she's dealing with the fallout of that battle. And then she becomes depowered, and then she gets taken over by the Shadow King, Farouk, who is this uh, very ancient and deadly mutant who can invade different characters' psyches and bodies. And then we finally, finally get to have just a little bit of happiness for Rogue when she finally encounters the man who would steal her heart, pun intended, Gambit. He is a thief. That's his jam. But the 90s... We're just such an interesting time in general for ladies. And I thought, you know, Rogue has had such a rough go of it in the 90s. I wanted just to take a minute to highlight that the 90s were a little bit complicated for everybody, including Rogue. So we are coming out of the 1980s. And as I mentioned before, that was radical and awesome and skateboarding and Wall Street and making money and having fun. And the 90s were sort of a reaction to the 80s in some ways, dealing with the fallout of a lot of those things. So we saw in real life a lot of celebrities publicly dealing with addiction and going through rehab. We saw the fallout of the AIDS crisis. We saw the brewing and beginnings of wars that we'd never really been a part of for some new parts of the generation. And all of that in some ways was distilled into comics because Marvel is the world outside of your window. And last up, I chose this character not just because she's my favorite, but because she's my favorite. Squirrel Girl, AKA Doreen Green, was introduced in Marvel Superheroes number eight by Will Murray and Steve Ditko in the year 1991. I'm obsessed with Squirrel Girl man, she's an awesome character. She's just, something about her is so delightful. And she was introduced as this like really weird kind of comedy character. Essentially, in the Marvel superhero stories, they were usually kind of a selection of different tales. And in this one in particular, Iron Man is flying through Central Park and he's trying to test out his suit. And this very awkward squirrel girl comes up to him. And she, at this time too, she, her makeup is literally like a Harlequin. It has the little crosses over the eyes. And uh, she's like, hey, Iron Man, you don't know me and I'm a mutant and I have squirrel powers and maybe you'd like me to be your sidekick what do you think and he's like that is crazy and she's like but no really I'm super powerful I can talk to squirrels I have all of these powers I love to eat nuts and hang out in the woods and he's like I don't think so lady and then Dr. Doom shows up and before Iron Man can really react Squirrel Girl sends her squirrels after Doctor Doom, totally kicks his butt and sends him away. And then Iron Man is like, listen, great job, but... It's not going to happen. I'm not going to adopt a a teenage girl stranger to come live with me and be my sidekick. She's very hurt and runs off into Central Park. And Doctor Doom strangely makes a reappearance back and is like, don't worry, squirrels are resilient. It's a very funny, weird comic. And I think it was kind of meant to be one of these one-off stories that kind of goes into the night and is tossed away. But brilliant writer Dan Slott, uh, one of my favorites here at Marvel brings back the Great Lakes Avengers or creates a team called the Great Lakes Avengers who are the heroes of the Midwest unsanctioned by the Avengers and they first recruit Squirrel Girl who's been kicking it in Central Park and they bring her to the Midwest and they you know save people that's their jam but I really really love this character particularly because she was kind of this joke and this the butt of the joke There's a tail pun in there somewhere, but I can't place what it is. She was sort of the tail butt of the joke because she's such a weird character and she always has been. And then we see this more recent comic that came out just starting a few years ago with Ryan Q. North and Erica Henderson taking on the title Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, where Squirrel Girl... Goes and signs up to go to Empire College in Manhattan and study computer science, which Ryan Q. North also studied computer science, so I, I see what he's up to. But she makes these great friends there, and I love it so much because the way Squirrel Girl works as a hero is so different than everyone else because she essentially will say, oh, this person is doing something bad. Before I go kick their butt, why are they doing that thing? oh, well, Galactus is attacking the planet not because he hates the planet. He's attacking the planet because he's hungry and his being, his race of being, that's how they survive. That's how they sustain themselves. He just needs a snack. And so she teaches him how to snack in a healthy way. Um, And that's what her gift is. Also, I love Ryan Q. North's twist on her because dinosaur comics were something I used to be obsessed with, which is an old school internet comic And he takes these weird bits of philosophy and imbues them into these, like, weird, very 8-bit-feeling dinosaur comics. So essentially, what, you would have to read a bunch of books to kind of get or, like, spend a lot of time in therapy working on. He throws into a Squirrel Girl comic. It's hilarious and delightful, and it teaches you all of these life lessons. And it's become an important part of Squirrel Girl's canon that she sort of has this big heart. And that's why Squirrel Girl is really my favorite character, because she first faces villains with empathy before she has to kick their butts. I mean, she'll kick their butts if she has to, but first empathy. Those were the awesome 90s of Marvel Comics. For more ladies from Marvel Comics, you can read my book, Marvel Powers of a Girl, and listen to the Women of Marvel podcast, because I'll be back talking about the 2000s, the distant, far-off 2000s, come next month. So talk to you guys then.